another episode of the Back Check, the Hockey Evaluate the Cases for the Hall of Fame of Certain NHL Players. My name is Riley. I am with Bill. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks. And today we have the class of 2000, and there's only two of them. Uh, they are Denny Savard and Joe Mullen. And we're going to start today talking about Denny Savard, uh, who played from 1980 to 1997. Uh, that's 17 seasons, 16 in our estimation, our quality. He scored 473 goals, so not quite 500. He had 865 assists, which would have put him 24th all-time. Or sorry, puts him 24th all-time. It was 13th, my apologies, at his retirement. And he was also 17th all-time in points at his retirement. He's no longer in the top 25. It's like 13, 38 points. Plus 103. It's 1,200-ish games, and he's got about 100 point shares. Um, per game, he's uh, 20th all-time in, in assists per game, 19th all-time in points per game, so quite high up on both of those. Um, I It's funny, when I was doing the um, the stats, I I went to go check to see if he'd dropped since he retired in points per game and assists per game, forgetting, of course, that he played in the 80s, and now everyone else scores lower. And so he wouldn't have dropped. If anything, he would have gone gone up um and that that was basically where he was when he retired um so we are uh, as usual going to start with his draft and that is the doug wickenheiser draft yeah yes uh, the infamous doug wickenheiser. infamous doug if wickenheiser draft yeah. if you're from montreal like uh, like i am oh they never stop talking about that draft yeah <laughs> and uh yeah i mean like because savard of course was a quebecer it is a quebecer and went third and uh, Montreal could have had him first. And instead they decided to trade for him. How many years later? 13. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, so draft wise, uh, Savard is his position in goals, assists and points. <laughs> so he was drafted right on the money it seems um he's third in goals he's third in assists he's third in points he's in goals he's behind curry who we talked about not that long ago and bernie nichols um and then in assists he's behind paul coffee and larry murphy and in points he's behind paul coffee and curry uh that's not really a surprise he's also it's worth noting not that far behind Yari Curry in total points, despite having played you know, 60-ish games fewer. Um, he's only 30 points behind. So his point per game numbers for, compared to Curry total, not not goals or assists, but his assists are higher. Um, but are, are uh, you know he would have he was slightly better point per game player than Yari Curry. Um, plus minus wise, he's eighth. Um, but that's partly because, you know, he's got some defensemen ahead of him. And, uh, yeah, the Hawks were actually, not pretty. Well, they had periods of being good, but they had yeah, periods yeah. of being kind of bad, too. So. Yeah, yeah. And then point share wise, um, he is uh, sixth, but he's the fourth forward, it's worth noting. Uh, there are two goalies ahead of him. Um, Kelly Rudy and Annie Moog. And as we've said every single time we talk about this, goalies just earn more point shares uh, per game. It's just the way it works. And defensemen do too. And so when I say actually fourth forward, I meant fourth skater. He's actually the uh, second forward. So he's actually looks pretty good by point shares too, despite the fact that he is a pass first player who, and those are, those are uh, ranked less good by point shares. <laughs> um, 
so era wise of the 14 players to play in at least uh 14 seasons between 80 and 97 it's worth noting 12 of those guys are in the hall of fame already <laughs> wow. including Savard. um he's he's actually right in the middle he's seventh in goals he's seventh assists he's seven in points and he's 10th in plus minus which just goes to show given these plus 100 every Basically, everyone who played that long in this period was on a good team um, or played long enough to get onto a good team. Um, he's also ninth in offensive point shares and 10th in def- defensive point shares, which whatever, he's a forward, um, and ninth in point shares. And the reason you know he's way, way down is, of course, you've got a bunch of Oilers in there, for one thing. Um, I don't actually have the list in front of me of all the players in this group, but it's like... I mean, it's Paul Coffey, it's Wayne Gretzky, it's Mark Messier, it's Yari Curry, um, and those t- and Ray Bork, uh, you know, people like that. He's in the same exact age range as those guys, and so it's not surprising that era-wise he looks a little weak in comparison because they, of course, most of those guys I just mentioned were on the same team helping each other out. Um, he has a very uh, impressive 82-game average. It's 92 points plus 7. Um, which is actually, I was, I was still, I, was, I mean, like you said, Bill, the, the Hawks went through periods where they were uh, good and periods where they were bad, but I was surprised that he was plus 100 and he's, cause he's got a couple double digit minuses in his career, but only, only like two of them, which I was surprised by, um, is three year peak 87 and 90 is, a, is 117 points per 80 games, which is really good um it's worth noting that is kind of unfair to him because his best seasons are actually quite far apart like uh, his very best season was in 88 his second best season was in 83 his third best season was in 82 you know so it trying to calculate a three-year peak kind of unfair to him of course he doesn't have possession stats uh his playoff stats are um are are better than i was expecting them to be uh he He's uh he was 15th all time in playoff goals when he retired. He's now 21st. He was 10th all time, 10th all time in playoff assists when he retired. Now he's 19th, and he was 8th all time in playoff points when he retired. Now he's 17th. I um I, I should point out I I was not you know I watched a little bit of hockey when he was playing, um but like not a ton, and uh you know I, I was mostly just Leafs games. And so I really didn't have any idea how high he was up on the playoff uh, career stat list. But he played, you know, the, the Blackhawks made it in the playoffs most years he was on them. And then, of course, he went to Montreal and, you know, they had that run. And um, anyway, um, he's also 25th all time in playoff points per game. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah, yeah. He's super impressive. But then you get the idea of how inflated the era is when you look at how he compares to his era because he's 11th in his era in playoff goals. He's 7th in assists and 6th in points. So he's still he's, – he's among the better playoff performers, but, like, he's not number one or anything anywhere near, which obviously that's Gretzky. Um, but, like, you know, the fact that he's 6th uh, in points in his era but was 8th all-time in points at his retirement <laughs> tells you something about the era he played in. You know, there were more playoff games and they were scoring more. So the two things added up to, you know, it was a good time. To, it was a good time to get in the playoffs and, and be in a, a scoring forward. 
uh, adjustment hurts him a ton. It knocks his 82 game average down 15 points for 82 games, which is among the worst we've seen. It puts him slightly below a point per game player if you if you adjust for era. Um, and actually, the uh, it's interesting the uh, the versus x adjustment, which is the the other era adjustment um, that's calculated differently. It actually it docks him far fewer goals, but um, but still has him as like fewer point total points overall, which is interesting. Um, so uh, we have two uh, two trades to talk about. One of which is really big, a really big deal, and the other of which is uh, not a big deal at all. I think <laughs> uh, the first one is that um, he was traded when he was 29 years old to Montreal, the team that was supposed to draft him, for uh, Chris Chelios, who was a year younger than him, and a second-round pick that became nobody, uh, a Michael Fomichter. Never heard of him. Um, and, of course, uh, you know, they both still had careers after this, but Chris Chelios went on to play for, like, a preposterously long time after, like, like 15 years later or something like that, whereas... Uh, Savard, you know, only played for the Habs for a few seasons. On the other hand, four, I guess, no, three. On the other hand, they won a cup. And the Blackhawks, of course, didn't win a cup with Jaleo. So, do you have strong feelings on who won? Who won that trade? Um, I think Chelios was a much better player for a lot longer. Um, yeah. So I feel like Chicago won the trade, and if they wouldn't have run into the Penguins, maybe they would have won a cup with uh, Chelios there. But yeah. uh, and and the, the thing is, when the Habs won the cup, Savard only played part of the playoffs. Right, he got hurt and he didn't play in the final. Um, and then he retired. I think it was that year he retired. He won the cup and retired right after that. Um, what Savard? Yeah. Or how how many more years did he play? Oh, like four. Where did he go after Montreal? Tampa. Oh yeah, and then he went back to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, to end his career. Yeah, man, I don't, I don't remember like just the his his skills. Uh, yeah, well, I guess they didn't super drop off, but just he he wasn't the player. Like, let's just put it this way: he didn't become that you know player the way that Chelios. Yeah. Like he he was already at the peak of his powers. Chelios comes yeah. along and is just entering his prime years, and then gets traded to. Chicago and immediately makes them a cup contender. So I, yeah. I, I feel like Chicago definitely won that trade. Um, there's a lot of rumors floating around Montreal, about why Chelios got traded. Cause he was out in the bars too much or, you know, some sort of thing with somebody's wife. Nobody will ever know the real story of why he got yeah. traded. Uh, and I think the Habs wanted that do over from Wickenheiser. They always coveted Savard. And when they heard he was available, they must've been like, we got to make a move. And I guess they had sort of been shopping Chelios around. And so made that move. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I, that's the thing. Who knows, right? But I, I think if they keep Chelios, maybe they, maybe they win a couple more cups, you know. <laughs> so I, I'm, well, until they until they drove Patty Roy out of town, you know, it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it, it's hard to say though because Desjardins kind of took over his role and did quite well, but then they traded him out of there too. So <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 with you. I uh, I think that like there's a ten. Some people would probably look at this and say, well, the Habs won a cup, but like. Like you said, Savard didn't really play a big role in it, and um, and like I think Chelios absolutely had the the better career afterwards, and was like you know really really important for Chicago and yeah. 
yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty. Yeah, but it, it might have been one of those ones where you know Montreal was like, we've got to move him because things are getting you know bad yeah. in the dressing room, or you know just sort of eventually these stories of him you know being out in the Montreal bars every night are going to get out there. You know, even though back then the you know most media tried to keep that quiet. Um, yeah. You know, it wasn't there wasn't social media and people taking pictures. It was either the press liked the guy and you know kind of kept his antics uh, close to the vest, or they didn't like the guy and they exposed him, <laughs> got him shipped out yeah. down. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't know any of those details, but like, I do, I do think that like, I, I, I can sort of see it from Montreal's perspective, even without that, just because, like you said, they coveted him from the very beginning, uh, smart. Yeah. But like, I do think that like, if you look at that, especially in a bit of a vacuum, it sure looks like Chicago is getting, because <laughs> like, right away. Savard's production, and I know I know this is partly because of Montreal's style of play, but Savard's production drops off a cliff when he yeah. goes to Montreal, and then it it doesn't ever recover. You know, it doesn't matter where he goes. Like it's actually it's particularly nasty um, in uh, Tampa um, in the last year in Montreal, and it does pick up a bit when he goes back to Chicago, but like it really is. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, not nasty. Nasty is too strong a word. It wasn't that bad, uh, but. Like it was just clearly like it was nothing compared to his his glory days in uh, in Chicago, and some of that, of course, is the era changing. But like it happened before the dead puck era started that his numbers dropped. So yeah, yeah. yeah I would say he he was a legitimate like superstar player when they acquired him, and yeah. the fact that he's you know he's a you know as they say in Quebec or in good she knew like you know bringing a you know a, a French superstar home to to Quebec. Um, and I, I legitimately think they, they kind of had to get rid of Chelios. Um, pro- I'm guessing it was probably partying. Cause it's, I think it's pretty yeah. well known. He's, uh, quite the party animal. So I don't think we're like, I'm not, I'm not going to get into any of the other rumors cause nobody will ever know if they're true, but that's, uh, that's sort of the sort of uh, prevailing general opinion of most people is he got moved out for either some sort of incident or just a general pattern. And the team was like telling him to cut it out. And he's like, now nah, I'm going to do whatever I want. And they're like, yeah, let's maybe get something good for this guy while we yeah. still can. And te- teams don't know that we want to get rid of him yet, you know? So, yeah. Um, I was just trying to see while you were talking, see if there was anything rumors about that. And like, I just, all I've discovered is of course his kids are adults, which makes me feel like super old. <laughs> um, anyway, um, it's a bunch of them. Uh, so there's a, the other trade is pretty. Uh, I don't think anyone cares about it. He was tra- he was on Tampa and he was traded back to Chicago. Uh, this is like four years later, and he was traded for a sixth round pick that became Xavier Delisle, who I've never heard of, but who apparently played because he has a hockey reference page. Oh, he played uh, 16 games in the NHL in the uh, early. Uh, early uh, beginning of this this century uh so yeah nobody cares about that one um so of course uh savard was it never won the heart because he was a center in the 80s but he did get nominated he did finish top five in heart voting twice as as you said bill he was a he was an offensive uh star he also uh was top five in calder voting in his first uh, year in the league and um, he made one second all-star team, which is more than a lot of centers uh, from the 80s can say. <laughs> so that's something. Um, 
hockey references, point shares don't really ever pay him as a as a star star offensive player, but that's partly because, as we've said many times, he was a pass first player, and so they like goal scorers more. But he was top five in '88 when he had. Let me check how many points he had in '88. Some absurd amount, 131. So that was apparently not that good, <laughs> according to hockey references calculations. Um, you know, he he never scored 50 goals, but he scored 40 goals a few times. Uh, he also had 80 assists three times, and he's one of only six players in the history of the NHL to do that, which is pretty impressive. The other five being probably Gretzky uh, or Lemieux. I'm seeing if I can do it off the top of my head. Probably Coffee, and I don't know. Maybe Bork would probably be the others. Um, and then, of course, he's also one of only 23 players to have 50 assists nine times. Um, the things get, it gets a little more impressive when he gets points. He's one of only 23 players to have 130 points. He's one of only 15 players to do 120 points twice, which is an awful lot. One of only 12 players to have 110 points four times. One of only 18 players to have 100 points five times. You get the idea. Um <laughs> He he scored lots of points and he did it frequently for a period of about nine nine years ish where he was like one of the best offensive players in the league. Though compared to the league overall, it was obviously uh, you know he was only top ten in points five times, but he scored an absolute ton. It was just it was that kind of era. He also made seven uh, All Star game appearances. Um. The versus X peak adjustment has him not looking very good in goals, but has him looking very good in points and assists. Uh, for his best seven seasons, he's 188th all time, but he's 40th all time. Uh, sorry, 188th all time in goals, but he's 40th all time in assists and 65th all time in points, which is pretty damn good. And for best 10 seasons, he's 153rd all time in goals, but 45th all time in assists and 71st in points. So slightly worse, which reflects the drop off, but still. At least by assists, he's one of the top 50 players ever. In points, he's one of the top 70. So that's you know that makes him look pretty good. And then um, his great teams, he was the best player uh, by points on three separate uh, semifinal Blackhawks teams in 82, 83, and 85. And he went to uh, two more semifinals um, in 89 and 85 when he was still the best skater but the goalies had better years um and the 95 one in particular is really impressive um i don't know what happened to him because he was mostly done but he had 18 points in 16 games for the blackhawks in 95 when his career was you know like his regular season numbers that year he 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 put up like he was a trade deadline ish um that was that trade was actually right around the trade deadline and he was pointing up point point five points per game for Tampa that season before he went and scored uh, 18 points in 16 games in the playoffs. So go figure. I don't know what the hell happened. I guess he just <laughs> wanted to be in Chicago yeah. or something. And then of course he won the cup in, in 93, but he missed six games and he only had five points in 14 games. So he was not a big part of that team. He scored no goals. It's worth noting too, in that he has a shooting percentage of zero for his, for the cup run, which is that's uh, not good. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think, I mean, he was he was a big star for a while, and mm-hmm. um, much, 
much like Howard Chuck, but with a team with a little more support and certainly a little more consistent results. Um, I mean, it seems at least regular season numbers wise, and and that actually the the numbers he put up in the playoffs without going that far, it does seem like he he you know makes sense. He had some amazing playoffs. Um, yeah, like, and and, and I, I I think when we talk about his playoff record too, like. You know, you're talking about, you know, he made it to the semifinals and he was the best player on those teams. It's like, don't forget who they ran into too, right? It's the Oilers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like, oh, they just barely made it to the finals and they lost to some other. Like, it's the Oilers every time they kept knocking them out. And it's like, well, do they do they win a cup? Do they get to a bunch of cups at least? And, you know, you start to look at that. They, they ran into one of the greatest, if not the greatest team of all time. That's what yeah. kept getting in the way. Those Chicago teams, especially in the late, 80s early 90s when uh, when they added Ronick they were really really good <laughs> and then and then they ran into Mario's Penguins so I mean they didn't have very good luck yeah um in 85 he had 29 points in 15 games in the playoffs it's pretty good he didn't even go to the finals man <laughs> it was pretty good I mean I don't I don't need much convincing I I think he had a pretty great career and I think that you know, he certainly had some bad luck, but also had some good luck in getting in getting onto those hops. Um, but like, you know, like you said, Bill, they ran into uh, a really great team most years, and and I mean, he was it was not he was not the problem for those teams. No, definitely not because he was scoring. I mean, you look at if you if you go on Hockey Reference or Hockey DB and you look at his playoff performances when they advanced. Um, when they advanced past, like when Chicago advanced past the first round, he's always bare minimum a point per game. There's one year where he's literally a point per game for actually for Montreal, sorry, not Chicago, but the rest of those years, he's well over a point per game. And obviously one year he's basically two points per game, but like, it's just like stellar. I mean, one year in 82, he scored 11 goals in 15 games. His team didn't move on. Like, so what? You know, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not his fault. So uh, the other player we're talking about today is—I uh, don't know that he was controversial when he was inducted because 500 goals, first American, blah blah blah. But certainly has a a a more um, complicated resume than uh, than Denny Savard, um, and. One of the reasons it is complicated is because he did, you know, his numbers are just not the same level uh, as, say, someone like Denny Savard or Dale Howard Chuck or something like that. So he played from 81 to 97, so one one season less um, than Denny Savard. Uh, 14 of those were quality of our estimation. He scored 500 goals, so he did score more goals than Savard did. But, of course, Savard has way more assists. Um, Savard has... Literally 300 assists more than uh, Joe Mullen. So Joe Mullen has uh, substantially fewer points, but it's worth knowing that when he retired, he had the most points of any American-born player in NHL history, and of course that was a big deal for the NHL and their whole crusade to be an American sport, which is still not exactly a complete success, but that's another story. Um he, it's worth noting that his 500 goals puts him as the fifth American all time. 
he was uh, at his retirement. He was, of course, the first American-born player all time. Uh, I have to say American-born because Brett Hall confuses everything. Um, but he is—he was 25th all time in goals at his retirement. He is no longer 25th all time in goals. Um, he was also fourth American in assists at his retirement, but he's no longer uh, in the top five of those of Americans for that. And points-wise, uh, he was the sixth. In, oh, sorry. Uh, he was the first in points, like I said, uh, but he isn't anymore. And then he was sixth all-time um, in plus-minus among Americans at his retirement. But he's he's dropped out. Obviously, there's been a lot more. There have been a lot more successful American hockey players since he retired. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, I said you know he was he was part of that sort of sort of first great generation of of American players who yeah. you know. You know, Kachuk and Ronick and those guys like, oh, these guys are like, you know, well, he's way before a, those guys. No, I know. But I'm just saying like he's I don't know, like there's sort of, yeah, I guess he retired before they really hit their their peak. But well, no, no, he was still playing when they were they were at their peaks. I just mean he was he was in the league like a decade yeah. before Kachuk started yeah, and, yeah. and like seven or eight years before uh, Ronick. Yeah. And same thing with Madonna, right? Like, yeah, yeah. This is more. Um, it, am, am I right in thinking Tim Kerr is American? I can't remember. No, Dave. I'm thinking of maybe I'm thinking of Dave Taylor. Is yeah, Dave Taylor. Maybe, uh, I think so. Um, no, and, Dave Taylor's uh, Canadian. Yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, Neil Broughton, though, and some of the guys. Yeah, yeah, Neil Broughton. There you go. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I'm just looking up Tim Kerr because I feel like Tim Kerr is American. No, he's not American. Okay, so yeah, just basically Neil Broughton. <laughs> uh, Bobby Smith is Bobby Smith American. No, I don't okay. think so. Oh, thanks. Maybe he is. But no, he's Canadian. Okay, never mind. Google's really so, helpful because yeah, as I type in their names, it's saying Canadian or American hockey player under it. I'm like, great, thank you. Yeah, that's so uh, well, you know what? It's uh, it just it, it kind of goes to show how far American hockey's come. Where you know yeah. Neil Broughton and, and Joey Mullen were sort of the 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 high watermark for American players, and then all of a sudden you have that generation of Kachuk, yeah, Ronick and, yeah. and so. Leach, and... yeah, Leach, Chelios, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, that's that's why he's dropped down in all of those uh, categories. Um, he is the fourth American all-time in goals per game and fifth American all-time in points per game still, but a lot of that has to do with when he played, of course, because like Patrick Kane's above him, but like. You know, I, I don't remember if Ronick is above him or not, but like, you know, Ronick like played a huge chunk of his career at a time when scoring was way, way lower. Um, so Mullen, like a, any good American player who was coming of age in the 70s, was not drafted because Americans weren't any good at hockey, um, supposedly. So uh, instead, we looked at... Um, the undrafted skaters uh, since expansion, and he looks pretty good. He's fourth in goals, he's tenth in assists, and he's seventh in points among undrafted skaters. So that looks pretty great. Um, but he's seventeenth in point shares, which I think just goes to show there was a bunch of undrafted uh, defensemen, probably. Um, Era-wise, of the thirty-seven skaters who play in at least twelve seasons between eighty-one and ninety-seven, uh, because Mullen did have the odd health problem. Um, he is ninth in goals, 22nd in assists, and 15th in points, um, and also 19th in point shares. So he doesn't look that great compared to his era, which is where the, the skepticism comes in. Um, he is exactly a point-per-game player without an adjustment for historical 
context. Um, much like uh, Danny Savard, when we calculate his so-called three-year peak, uh, it makes him look kind of bad because his best seasons are really far apart. But his three-year peak is 86 to 89, uh, 92 points per 80 game, so significantly lower than Danny Savard. But like I said, um, like his best season is in 89, his second best season is in 85. Um, they're sort of all over the place. Playoff-wise, uh, he is the third American all-time in goals, and at his retirement, he was 22nd all-time in goals. Um, what was what was Savard again? Um, sorry, my my uh, thing was refreshing. Um, playoffs. I'm just trying to look up where Denny Savard was again in terms of playoff goals, but it's apparently really hard for me to find. Oh yeah, so Savard was a little bit ahead of him, like one goal ahead of him, actually, funnily enough. Um, but of course, Mullen is not a guy who had a lot of assists, so he only has 106 points despite having 68 goals. And he's only plus 15 in 143 games. So Savard, uh, you know, uh, put up um, more, was a point-per-game player in the playoffs. Mullen was nowhere near, is nowhere near a point-per-game playoff, uh, performing the playoffs, despite having some, uh, some pretty good playoff, actually. So it's, it's interesting. Um, well, pretty good, relatively good. Um, and then uh, arrow-wise, uh He's 10th for playoffs. He's 10th in goals, uh, 48th in assists, so way, way down assists, and 25th in points. Hockey references, uh, error adjustment hurts him. Um, of course, it drops him down to 71 uh, points per 82 games, but funnily enough, that's it's actually lower than uh, Savard, actually. I was going to say it's roughly the same, but he's at 77. And uh, then we have two trades with Joe Mullen. The first of which was, I guess, it's funny that the second is so weird, but let's talk about the first one first. So um, he was, of course, signed by St. Louis and began his career in St. Louis. And he was traded um, when he was around, tw- just before his 29th birthday, which uh, he's he was much older, I guess, because he probably went through college, U.S. college, because he started his career quite, you know, he was what he was 24 in his rookie season, so he was because he was a college player. So he was already yeah. like he hadn't played that long for St. Louis, but he was already 29. Anyway, he was traded with Terry Johnson and Rick Wilson to the Flames for Eddie Beers, Charles Bourgeois, and Gino Cavallini. And you gotta think, especially knowing what happened with Cal- Calgary afterwards, like Jesus, Calgary just wins this like really easily in my uh, my perspective. What do you think? Like, it's just, I don't know exactly know what, I don't know what St. Louis was doing exactly, but. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Like, I don't know, who, like, Mullen was, you know, Mullen had uh, been scoring 40 goals a season for like three years. <laughs> and they're just like, okay, we don't want him anymore. Maybe it was yeah. a money thing, but then you're trading him to Calgary, which doesn't make any sense. But like, I'm not sure, like, Maybe uh, maybe I've missed something. Um, oh, Eddie Beers, well, he scored thirty goals once, but I I don't know. Like I maybe I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. It makes no sense to me. But it, but the second trade makes no sense either, and that is he was traded 
to Pittsburgh for a second round pick. Huh. And and this is a year away from being the the uh, star of a Stanley Cup winning team. Like I don't understand. Did like was yeah. he poisoned? Did people hate him or something? Like it makes no sense to me. It's a really strange one. There's pro- there's got to be more to it, right? Almost yeah. you would think. It is. It is. I I am very much uh, spoiler. Alert, I'm very much on the fence about whether or not Mullen belongs in the Hall of Fame. But like these trades are so lopsided for the teams getting Mullen, it makes no sense to me. Like I don't understand what they were thinking. Um, when you look at the stats, like you know, he had a he didn't have a great year in '90 for Calgary, and I guess maybe they figured. He was starting to decline because he was in his early 30s. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, he was, um, uh, I think, what, 33-year-old 30, when they traded him? Yeah, yeah, he was 33. Yeah, so I, I think that was it. They thought he was going to decline, so they traded him yeah. for the thing. But, um, and then he met Mario. and <laughs> I don't actually know if he played with Mario, but like, just like saw a little bit of resuscitation there. Um, so he won the Lady Bing twice, but those are the only trophies he's ever won. Uh, he was never a top five offensive player in the league like Savard was, but he was top 10 once in eight, 89, the year he, he of course, uh, won that first cup. Um, he was a uh, top five in goals once. He was uh, top 10 in points once, but he just generally, um, he doesn't have the same level of like offensive stardom that Savard had the unrelenting amount of points being scored in part, you know, because he just... I, I, I don't I didn't see him play, but like I feel like as a winger he maybe you know, depended at least a little bit on the quality of his line mates. He did make a first team all star, which is better than Savard. And that was uh that was of course in his his year when he just everything worked out for me. He scored hundred and ten points and went you know, went to the cup and all that stuff, won the cup. Um versus X peak doesn't think highly of him at all. He's 107th all-time in goals for his best seven seasons. Doesn't even qualify for assists. Is 175th all-time for points, and he bumps up a little bit for best 10 seasons. But still, he's you know that metric ranks Savard as one of the like top 50 passers and one of the top 75 players. And this has him way you know this has Mullen way further back of that. However, to Mullen's credit. Uh, he was the best forward on the 89 Flames. He scored 16 goals, which led the playoffs. He had 24 points in 21 games. Um, obviously, McInnes had an insane year that year. Yeah. Uh, which and then, but he also, uh, in 86, when, when they went to the finals, he also led the playoffs in goals with 12 in 21 games and had 19 points in 21 games. And then, of course, he won two other Cups, um, in 91 and 92, though in 91, um, he uh, he led the playoffs in plus minus, um, which is interesting because he was minus a whole bunch in, in like in 86, he was minus three, for example, um, when they went to the finals. And then in, in 92, of course, he uh, he was injured and he missed 12 games. Um, so it's harder to figure out what kind of role he had. And then uh, he was on a runner-up World or Canada Cup team in '91 for the States, but he didn't win anything internationally. But his, so I don't know how you feel, Bill, but I'm I'm very much on the fence 
about his regular season stuff, but the fact that he led the playoffs twice in goals kind of like, you know. Makes yeah, me... and it's um, I I I think he he gets the bump to get in because he's you know the first American to score 500 goals. Uh, you know, he was an undrafted free agent. He was five foot nine, 180 pounds in a time when smaller players didn't usually thrive in the NHL. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, he sort of defied the odds to do what he did. He won three cups. So I think that also really strengthens his case with a lot of people. Um, yeah. I think if he's Canadian, um, maybe he, maybe he doesn't get in as, as yeah. early as he did. However, yeah. the fact that he did hit 500 goals, I think is most of the time if you score 500 goals, you're probably going to get in unless you played 25 seasons or something like that, you know, like yeah. it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty magic number. It's kind of like 3000 hits in baseball. Like you're, unless we found out you did steroids, you're pretty much going in eventually at least, you know? Yeah. I thought that was changing the 600 just because of the sheer number of people scoring 500, but I think you're right. Certainly back then in 2000. And also I think you're absolutely right about the, you know, he was inducted in his first year of eligibility. I mean, so was Savard. And I think a lot of that has to do with his nationality, as you said. I, I would agree with that, yeah. It's, like I, I mean, like, he, he, the first American to hit 500 goals was, like, the highest-scoring American for a good amount of time until that next generation caught him, um, yeah. you know, sort of. You know, he was, yeah. it was one of the first American star players. He kind of took, like, everybody's, like, really surprised at what he was doing. It was like, oh, I'd, like, Americans could play in the league, but they were, like, you know, second, third liners at best kind of thing, you know, they were yeah. not first line stars and didn't, you know, score 16 goals and lead their team to a cup and then win a couple of cups in Pittsburgh too, you know, like he, yeah. he was, you know, one of, may, maybe never the, maybe never the best player on his team, but certainly a, a you know, a first liner his whole career. So, um, yeah, like, I, so 89, when his best season was in 89 and like, I mean, he had he had some pretty great teammates, some of whom I think some people would say were better, right? Like so you have Lube, but he and you have Gilmore and you have Newendike and you have McKinnis and Gary Souter and and actually quite a young Gary Roberts, but that's another story. And and very young Flurry. Um really just loaded, loaded team. But you know, he outscored all of them and he and he outscored uh Lube and Gilmore by uh sorry, twenty five. And he did so um, with playing the exact same number of games as Lube and uh, set only seven more than Doug Gilmore. And, you know, I, I'm, I listen, I'm, especially growing up, I was a massive Doug Gilmore fan. Um, I love Doug Gilmore. I, I think yeah. without having ever watched Joe Mullen, I'm going to say that Doug Gilmore was the better player. But, like, yeah. uh, I, I, I looking at this like Mullen's year that year. I mean, it it's fairly clear he was the best forward on, on his team. I mean, I say forward because I don't I I you know I don't want to um I I don't know how to like think about Al McKinnis before he maybe learned to play defense properly. But um you know I mean it's 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 very clear. I mean it's not like he it's not like he has. 110 points and 70 assists. He has 51 goals in that 110 points. Yeah. And, um, and I think that, yeah, I mean, he just, he, he, he may not have been the best player on his team many years, but it sure seems like he was that one year, uh, sorry, best forward anyway. Um, 
and you know, he, he then he backs it up in the playoffs. There are plenty yeah. of guys who had their best ever regular season, then go in the playoffs and don't do that. And then he led the playoffs in goals immediately yeah. after. And he did yeah, that was the second time he did it, you know. Yeah, it's like he he definitely was able to elevate his game and he definitely was a was a top end player. Yeah. I, and I think that, you know, I'm when I look at his regular season numbers, I am given that he was playing in the eighties, I'm pretty underwhelmed. I mean, yes, he had that one good year, but like if you he doesn't have a lot of other you know, this is a guy who scored what did I say? He scored uh um, you know, he scored 90 points three times, but he scored 90 points three times in the eighties. So, so who cares? Yeah. But, <laughs> but the fact that he was, you know, leading the playoffs twice in goals and having these good playoff runs and, you know, he wasn't necessarily, you know, he wasn't always a point per game player in the playoffs and he has plenty of playoffs where he sucked you know, for lack of a better word, partly because he was old, uh, in some cases, but like, um, I don't know. I just, I, Savard was more consistent in the playoffs, but I think he he had some really good playoff runs where, you know, if not for McKinnis in 89, he might be considered the the MVP. Yeah, he he may have been the first American to win the Cones Smythe. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm fine with him being in. I I definitely think he's got a little less clear-cut case than Savard does, but, like, I, I think when I was doing the stats, I was mostly thinking about the regular season, and I was like, ooh. Yeah, and like, yeah. is he in just because he was the first American to score 500 goals? But I think the playoff, the playoff runs, and and that one year where he was very clearly one of the better forwards in the league for at least one year, um, you know, they sort of cement it for me a little bit. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. but you know what? I I I'm talking myself into it, or you're talking me into it. I don't know somebody's talking yeah. me into it. Maybe maybe his playoff stats are talking into it, and yeah. you know, I think for most people the cups would do that. But it's like, yeah. you know, it's 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 like you look at him and you look at Gartner and you're like, you know, Gartner's numbers probably more impressive, but for some reason you just feel like Joey Mullen was the better player. Um, I think yeah. Mullen was a. I think I didn't watch either of them play much. I mean, I watched Gartner more than Mullen just because he was on the Leafs, but uh, but when he was older. But uh, I think Mullen was clearly the better player than Gardner. Yeah, and it's, but if you look at the numbers, you'd be like, oh, Gardner's clearly better. Like, yeah. he just racked up, you know, just because he played for so long, basically was never hurt. Um, you know, but I, I think if you look at it... Yeah, Mullen, like, yeah, Mullen missed a fair number of games over the years. He did, yeah. And, and he started so late, too, because he played college, right? So he only really yeah. came into the league at 24. So he's he's not going to have as... But he still scored 500 goals starting in the league at age 24. It's pretty impressive. So, yeah. You know. If he had made it, like if he had played Canadian junior and made it in at like age 21 or 22, maybe he's got, maybe, maybe he hits 600 goals. Maybe he's got another couple 50 goal seasons in him. So, um, yeah, it's, it's possible. Consider, yeah. 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 Especially given how early uh, forwards peak in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so I guess both of them belong is yeah. I think what we're saying. I think so. We're in agreement. Yeah. I did not actually expect to come out of this saying that I was I was trying to be a Mullen skeptic, but it didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all right, uh, that's it for this episode. We are going to have the '99 class next time, and I haven't looked at that recently, so I don't remember who's in it. But I'm sure we'll figure it out before we record the next episode. <laughs> so uh, thanks for listening, and uh, and we will see you next time. Take care.